Hi everyone, this is Yes Epstein. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Today I'll be talking about the amygdala and the traumatized brain. So just to get into the details a little bit of how the brain operates and uh, how essentially the brain processes information and sensory input, the neural pathways of the brain uh, that connect the, um, the body to the brain uh, and, and, and essentially accept input is done through the uh, a part of the brain called the thalamus. Uh, it then essentially accepts this uh, new sensory information and sends it to the amygdala. The amygdala is the emotional brain. Uh, that's where the emotional brain decides if this is something that is a threat, if it's good, or if it's bad. And the the emotional brain, which is the amygdala, hosts the the emotions of uh, and responses that have been learnt over time. Uh, this is a, a survival mechanism because in order to protect ourselves from further threat, uh, we are are prepared for a threat that exists based on this function. So. In abuse victims, the threat is oftentimes not, is constant. So there's a sense of always under attack. Always, the amygdala is always turned on. It's always uh, really uh, ready to go. It's ready to protect itself from any threat. Now, with narcissistic abuse specifically, because the threat is so difficult to pinpoint, then the amygdala is really completely running the show. So victims of narcissistic abuse most specifically will have symptoms of PTSD or CPTSD, which is really what long-term abuse uh, essentially will oftentimes result in having complex PTSD, which is just a long-term PTSD where you're unable to leave the environment that you are trapped in. The amygdala will quite literally be, be, be hijacked um, and it'll be in constant fight or flight response. So there will always be a threat uh, or at least a perceived threat and ultimately, these are the, the anything that triggers the the wounds, the, the emotional pain is going to be seen as something that needs to be protected against and defended. So the amygdala is it decides what information comes in, and or I should say how to translate that information, but also how to as, as, ascribe memories to an event. So oftentimes, uh, victims of abuse will avoid. Will avoid certain stimuli, certain people, certain situations, and things because they they they, they uh, remember the abuse because of it. It triggers a memory. Well, the memory is always attached to an emotion. They're not the there's two separate experiences. There's the emotion and the memory that translated that was associated with the emotion. Uh, this got stored by the amygdala. The amygdala made an association. So the the inability to process and calm down the the the, the brain in this way causes the emotional brain, the amygdala to just completely take control and ultimately can logical brain, the cortex, which takes longer to activate, um, it t it's much quicker, uh, the emotional brain is much quicker, uh, ultimately is, gonna, is not going to have much of a say. So somebody who is a victim of abuse will oftentimes seem irrational, or seem impulsive, seem always petrified and always uh, or seemingly uh, like there's a threat, the other shoe is about to drop and really this is because they can't get to the cortex quick enough. The emotional brain has already decided that everything is a threat and everything is um, it needs to be protected against. So with this dynamics going on, you can kind of see how somebody can lose touch with with the, the true reality of what's going on in front of them and be living in a sense of shock and a sense of protective mode from childhood well into adulthood, which is why you see with specifically narcissistic abusers, they really are operating out of a shut down, dis disconnected sense of reality where they are not associated with today, they're associated with the trauma, they're associated with the past. 
whatever they had been severely uh, mistreated uh, and um, so the the triggers that active that 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 essentially remind the the wounded individual the the the, the brain that remind the brain of, of something that is un, unacceptable un, un you know a threat uh, will activate a certain amount of adrenaline which will increase heart rate blood pressure and breathing uh, and ultimately make the individual feel unsafe and they will then look around for the threat and the amygdala will then be desperate to find some type of explanation for their reality we'll try to so what they'll do is they will look for the last time that they felt this way and they will react the same way they reacted back in the day back when they were originally wounded so you see oftentimes victims when they're older they're reacting really completely out of touch and almost diametrically uh, not certainly not aligned with with what's going on and you see this specifically in borderline patients who are extremely highly reactive um, where they will not be able to uh, see that the people around them are, are necessarily there to protect them now they're they're reacting to the abandonment or to whatever wounds they have uh, to today even though that's not the case so you can kind of see there again that the, the brain has, is not really able to process new information it is still on a cycle of reactivity uh, from child, from from being threat from being mistreated, so an overreactive amygdala um, will 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 cause way a ton of stress, um, extreme uh, inability to concentrate, extreme stress with the inability to concentrate or problem solve really sets up the individual for a very difficult uh, managing of their emotions and um, being able to communicate these feelings. Now, with narcissistic abuse specifically, narcissistic abusers uh, actually work at pushing their victims into this highly reactive state. So they, they conscious, or I should say they purposely want their victims to be with an extremely highly reactive amygdala. They want um, them to be in a constant state of stress um, because when they're in stress, then, well, the, the tension is off of them, which is the cause of the, the, the abuse. So, and, and ultimately, they have them sometimes even reaching out to the narcissist for help, even though the narcissist narcissistic abuser is the one who set up the chaos, really essentially creating a bonding, a trauma bonding experience where the abuser is being abused and then reaches back out to the, to the abuser for help, which ultimately creates a feedback loop where they're trapped coming back to the abuser for, uh, for saving when, of course, the narcissistic abuser has no interest in protecting and saving the individual from their own chaos. So you see things like gaslighting or, or the silent treatment or even just simple, uh, just any form of, of emotional manipulation uh, will will put victims into this crazy making sense of reality, um, and it's done. It's done to avoid to 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 deflect to deflect accountability and keep victims uh, stuck in the relationship and being used as a narcissistic supply. So the goal with with victims of abuse, but specifically narcissistic abuse, is to realize that your emotions are not telling you the true story. They're not really an indication of the. Um, the true reality. And the truth of the matter is, is that the emotions need to be processed and brought up for, for, for processing and, and transmuting and ultimately to be felt and let go. Feelings need to be felt in order to let them go. It's the irony of it all. If you feel it, you let it go. If you stuff it down or disconnect from it, you keep it in place. So allowing the feelings up uh, to pass through without judgment uh, or meaning or even creating a story out of it or identifying how you created a story out of your feelings. Children often do this and if it's not checked, in adulthood, it'll continue where the, the storyline of I am this or I am that, I'm a victim, I'm, a, I'm worthless, 
uh, which, which the emotions make you feel worthless. Um, when we identify with those feelings, we don't get the full picture. So the brain, the mind, the, the, the story that we create, the reality, the logical brain, which is, as we mentioned, the cortex, creates a story about the feelings which is incorrect that needs to be challenged and ultimately dismantled. Um, so, and when this does, when you process your feelings, dismantle those, 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 those uh, thought patterns, uh, you can create new thought patterns and ultimately rewire your brain to have different feelings, different thoughts, different pathways in the brain, different realities, different reactions, different core beliefs. Uh, and this is really the, the essential core concepts, concept of the mind map therapy, which I work with, uh, created by Dr. Judy Rosenberg. And the idea is that we can recreate our reality if we get in touch with what our reality, how our reality was created. Um, and with trauma, our reality was created by extreme pain. So we, we, we formed an identity, a reality around the pain. When we heal, we are left with the, 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 um, the task of recreating a reality around health, uh, which is work, uh, which is why the system takes uh, time. It takes, you know, it's a 10 session system, which oftentimes is 10, 10 weeks, but it can go much longer because you really need to rewire your thoughts, feelings, emotions, intentions, beliefs, to recreate your reality where your entire brain, you really are rewiring your brain in many ways. Uh, you're, you're calming down the amygdala, you're soothing, you're self-soothing, you're learning how to soothe, and you're ultimately creating a new perception of your truths and your reality, which is much more in line with your actual truths as opposed to the truths we thought were true, which were based on the trauma and the experiences in childhood. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If it did resonate with you, please feel free to like and share. I am available for coaching for uh, if you're trying to heal from abuse of any sort, but specifically narcissistic abuse, I can be reached at yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. Thank you guys again. All the best.